There were walls between us By the cross you came and broke them down You broke them down There were chains around us By your grace we are no longer bound No longer bound You called me out of the grave You called me into the light You called my name and then my heart came alive Your love is greater Your love is stronger Your love awakens, awakens, awakens me Your love is greater Your love is stronger Your love awakens, awakens, awakens me Feel the darkness shaking All the dead are coming back to life I'm back to life All creation singing we're alive Cause you're alive You called me out of the grave You called me into the light You called my name and then my heart came alive Your love is greater Stronger, your love awakens, awakens, awakens. Your love is greater, your love is stronger. Your love awakens, awakens, awakens. And what a love we found, death can't hold us down. We shouted out, we're alive, cause you're alive. And what a love we found. Shout it out, we're not cause you're not And what a love we found, death can't hold us now We shout it out, we're not cause you're alive Your love is greater, your love is stronger Your love awakens, awakens, awakens me love is greater, your love is stronger, your love awakens, awakens, awakens me. Your love is greater, your love is stronger, your love awakens, awakens, awakens me. Your love is greater, your love is stronger, your love awakens, awakens, awakens me. Amen. You can be seated for just a moment. We are glad that you're here. If you're new with us, if you're a guest here, uh, we especially want to say welcome to you, and we are thankful that you are here with us this morning. If you don't care, there's a little perforated tab on the edge of your bulletin. We hope you got one of those as you came in the door this morning. If you don't care, fill that out for us, tear it off, and you can drop it either in the offering plate in just a moment, or if you missed that, that's okay. We've got a second opportunity for you to get that to us at our welcome center located in the back of our sanctuary. You can drop that off at the desk as you exit this morning. We would greatly appreciate that. That's just our way of getting to know you a little bit better and how we can best minister to you and your family. Again, we are thankful that you're here. We're glad you're here. We're hoping that you're paying attention to all of your bulletins and screens and things like that as you enter and exit the building this morning so that you can keep track of all that is going on. We have got a busy holiday season over the next few weeks, which is a good thing, uh, but uh, we want to make sure that you are keeping track of all that's going on. I'm going to pray for us and then we're going to continue to worship together this morning. Father, we thank you for the opportunity that you have given us to be in your house this morning. Lord, we thank you that uh, we can worship you, Lord, as we enter into uh, the Advent season this morning of December. God, we thank you that uh, you sent your son uh, who lived a perfect life. He came as a baby, lived a perfect life, grew up to be a man, and he died our death on a cross uh, that we deserved. Uh, but Lord, we thank you that he didn't stay dead, but instead you raised him back to life and he ascended to your right hand where he is waiting to return. And Lord, we look forward to that day. 
God, we thank you now uh, that uh, for all the many blessings that you give us through, uh, through Jesus, for your grace, your love, and uh, the salvation that we have through him. As we continue to worship this morning, God, we pray that you are honored, that you're glorified, and that your name is lifted high. God, we love you. We thank you most of all for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Let's stand as we continue to worship together this morning. Declare his praise For who can stop the Lord Almighty Our God is the Lion The Lion of Judah He's roaring with power And fighting our battles And every knee will bow before him Our God is the Lamb The Lamb that was slain for the sin of the world, His blood breaks the chains, and every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Oh, every knee will bow before Him. So open up the gates. Make way before the King of Kings. The God who comes to save is here to set the captives free. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power and fighting our battles every knee will bow before him our god is the lamb the lamb that was slain for the sin of the world his blood breaks the chains every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb oh every knee will bow before him Declare this this morning. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? 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 Stop the Lord Almighty. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power and fighting our battles. Every knee will bow before Him. For the sin of the world, His blood breaks the chains. Every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Oh, every knee will bow before Him. Oh, every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Before the lion and the lamb, 
to our time of giving this morning, I'm going to go ahead and invite our ushers to come forward as we pray together. Lord, we thank you for, uh, God, all that you blessed us with. Lord, we thank you that uh, we celebrate that the Messiah came some 2,000 plus years ago. But Lord, we also celebrate and we, we look forward to the day that uh, we, we see the returning of your son. Uh, Lord, now as we move into our time of, of giving, of our tithes and our offerings, Lord, we pray that you would take our gifts, our, uh, our tithes, and Lord, we pray that you would use them to further your kingdom and your mission through our church. God, we love you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Hallelujah! Christ is risen from the grave. Hallelujah! Christ is risen from the grave. The prodigal is welcomed home, the sinner now a saint. For the God who died came back to life, and everything has changed. Hallelujah. Christ is risen from the grave. 
church to stand and join us. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, fear, where is your power? The mighty King of kings has disarmed you. Delivered and redeemed, eternal life is ours. Oh, praise His name forever. Hallelujah. Christ is risen from the grave. day you call me in to heaven's sweet embrace I'll see your scars your open arms the beauty of your face and through tears of joy I'll lift my voice in everlasting praise hallelujah Christ is risen from the grave oh death where is your sea, oh fear, where is your power? The mighty King of Kings has disarmed you, delivered and redeemed. Eternal life is ours, oh praise His name forever. Hallelujah! Christ is risen from the grave. song will be the same, hallelujah, Christ is risen from the grave, and all throughout eternity, a song will be the same. God's your open arms, the beauty of your face. And through tears of joy, I'll lift my voice in everlasting praise. Hallelujah. Christ is risen from the grave. Lord, we thank you that we celebrate a risen Savior, a living God. Lord, we look forward to the day that you return and that you call us home. God, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. We have a national crisis today. About a month ago, we switched over from Spectrum to, what's the name? Metro, is it called? MetroNet. And it's supposed to be better internet. Our internet's out right now. So that's why we don't have a video right now to show. So, uh... Anyway, I had a Lottie Moon video, but it's not working. Good, great news is, today at 3 o'clock, MetroNet's coming to repair it. So, Chris, it might work for tonight's concert. So, we'll have our internet back. So, but, uh, so, but that's, um, what do you do if you're at home and your internet goes out? I mean, it's like, what do we do? <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> what was that, John? You don't, you just, you just, I guess you read a book or. Go outside, something, you know, anyway. Anyway, um, 
With no internet here, we're going to have to study the Bible. So open up the Bible to Psalm 100. Psalm 100, and then we're going to also look at Deuteronomy chapter 6. Psalm 100 and Deuteronomy chapter 6. I'm going to be reading out of the King James Version of the Bible. And the reason why is that this early, our early service this morning, we had a lady in our church who's our oldest member. Her name is Miss Catherine Mason. Today's her birthday. She turned 100. And uh, we aunt recognized her. And um, uh, she has a reception. It's there on the front of the bulletin this afternoon from 2 to 4 at her house or her daughter's house in Nicholasville. But... Uh, I was visiting her a couple, three weeks ago, and she said, Dan, I want you to, when I come to church, she, been, she hasn't been physically able to come to church in a while, but she asked for me to preach out of Psalm 100 as well as use the King James Version of the Bible. So um, I had to download a different app because I used a um, Christian Standard Bible app, and they didn't have the KGV. I'm glad I did that at home and didn't do it today because we have no internet. I'm glad y'all got that joke. Anyway, um, Psalm 100, we're going to see here what the scriptures say, because we begin a new sermon series. This month, I'm going to be preaching about Christmas encouragement. This is December 1st, which means we're now officially, I guess, at the Christmas season. And this month, the commitment I want you to make, the commitment for you to be praying about and looking for opportunities this entire month is how can you encourage other people? If you pull out your bulletin insert, there's two of them there. One is the Lottie Moon Christmas, uh, Christmas offering week of prayer. And the other one is today, follow along with today's insert. And then there at the bottom, we're gonna, I hope you answer this question. Who needs encouragement? Do you know of someone who's discouraged? Who's just struggling? Who's in need of, for more? That's what we're going to be uh, talking about today. Also... This begins today, which was our video is supposed to be, the Lottie Moon, a week of prayer for international missions. What this is, is each day this week, I want you to take this little prayer, God, put it in your Bible, and you pray for the different themes and the different missionaries throughout this week. So uh, it's a great opportunity. That's a way that you can encourage other people is to certainly uh, be praying for our, our missionaries as well as consider giving, uh, prayerfully consider giving to Lottie Moon. Our church's goal is $15,000. We want to give a very generous offering to Lottie Moon to certainly support our Southern Baptist missionaries. There's nearly 5,000 of them that serve overseas, many places, many difficult areas, as serving the Lord. And we have a couple that came out of our church that served the IMB in southern Panama there along the Columbia border. This, um, Anyway, I can't remember their names, but they, they've pre preached here before. Kenny and Cheryl Morris. They have came out of our church, and they are IMB missionaries. So when you give to Lottie Moon, you're going to support people and missionaries, such as the Morris family, as they, they um, share the gospel among the indigenous unreached people groups there in extremely south Panama, as well as in um, it's the little town called Hake is where they live. And then they go into Colombia, or they train people to go, natives to go into Colombia. It was just a difficult area to work into. So that's the type of people, that's the face of Lottie Moon that we certainly give to. Do you know encouragement is a spiritual gift? Romans 12, 8 tells us that we are to live lives that go around encouraging other people. Everyone is in need of encouragement. If you're not careful, you will find yourself discouraged and when you're discouraged it can affect you over uh, over long periods of time let me give an example i went back down to alabama this past week um and i was there on um friday was what we call black friday everybody calls it that it's when you go shopping and spend money and we went to the mall but we didn't go shopping we went there to see santa claus so I'm at the mall, which is very similar to the mall here at Fayette Mall, to see Santa. And while we were there, Sherry and I were walking by, and we saw the sign from the American Red Cross saying, Blood Drive, this way, at the end of the mall. They're having a blood drive. I guess if you want to have a blood drive, a good day to do it. It's on Black Friday, because you know it would be a bunch of folks there. So I thought, okay, I'll, I'll give blood. So, um, and Sherry sometimes gives blood, so we go and um, go give blood. 
And while we're there, and the blood drive's at the end of the mall, and what the malls are like there in Alabama is just like the one here in Fayette. Half the people at the mall aren't there shopping. You know what they're doing? They're walking. They have walkers, too, in other states, and they just walk around. You, know, you want to go indoors and walk, so you just walk around in circles at the mall. Well, the blood drive was at the very end of the mall, which means, I mean, literally, people are just taking laps around you while you're giving blood because that was where the walkers were coming through. So I had an African-American lady taking my blood, and um, I was talking to her, and she was just a few years younger than me. And we were talking, and I said, you know, when, when I'm done giving blood, how do y'all get more people? Like, what are some ways you get folks to, to give? And then she says, oh, I'll show you what we do when we, you leave, because there was no one after us to give blood, because they needed it. She was telling me about the great need, and everybody's dying, everybody needs blood. And she was, gave me a t-shirt for doing it. And um, so she said, well, here's what we do when we need more folks, when the chairs are empty. And these, this couple was walking by. They were walkers. There was an African-American couple. And the African-American lady yelled out, hey, sir, ma'am, would y'all like to give blood? You know, you, you, we've got an open, you know, open seat because I was wrapping up. And, and, their repl- and the folks walking go, oh, no, we're not giving blood. I go, goodness, is it, is it that bad? Uh, so I, I, I leaned over and said, ma'am, is it, is it this hard to recruit folks to give blood? I mean, you know, I just thought, thought that's what good Americans do to give their blood to help others. And she says, oh, yes, among the black community, it's nearly impossible to get them to give their blood. And I looked at her like, what? And this is an African-American lady telling me this. exact quote what she said. And she said, yeah. What happened in Tuskegee really hurt the black community with giving blood. I go, what are you talking about? What happened in Tuskegee? Tuskegee's down near Auburn, down there on the plains. And um, she said, well, back from 1932 to 1972, there was this thing called the Tuskegee Syphilis Experiment. Has anybody heard of the Tuskegee Syphilis Experiment? Good. Thank goodness. You'll know what I'm talking about. What happened was there were 600 African-American poor black folks in Tuskegee. And the government told them, these doctors, that they were going to receive free health care. Well, they didn't receive free health care. What happened to them is they went into this treatment plan to see what happens of years and years of undiagnosed syphilis looks like. The government, and then when penicillin was invented, they didn't tell them because the folks they found were uneducated that got it. And they found these people that they knew wouldn't figure out what's going on. And what happened was a lot of these folks died, and there was this preventable cure, and they were basically human guinea pigs on these folks. And finally it ended after 40 years. This went to 1972, it was going on in Tuskegee. And then it finally ended, then it leaked out what was going on. And then later, you know, a lot of the folks had already died because they had this preventable disease that penicillin could have helped and no one wanted, they weren't receiving treatment. They were receiving long-term effects of what was going to happen. They were being lied to what they were receiving. Knowing, and the government knowing they were doing this in, in Tuskegee all the way up to 72. And what happened from that time period was the African-American community, after it was revealed about this horror that had happened, was told, whatever you do, don't give blood. Don't get free health care. Remember the people in Tuskegee. And that blood lady that was taking my blood said they go into black churches and they go into black schools and black communities and it is so challenging in Alabama for the Red Cross to get these folks to give blood because if they were been told, even all growing up, whatever you do, don't give your blood. Because remember the people in Tuskegee. And these, even that young girl told me, she said, even I, when I was a little girl, I was told, whatever you do, don't give your blood. Now, that is an example of something horrible that happened. That literally, 47 years later, Decades later, you were still experiencing the fallout from it. The, the attitudes 
are still there, this distrust that you can't believe what people are saying. Those that completely discouraged the African American community in the state of Alabama for giving blood of what happened there with the Tuskegee syphilis experiment. And in our lives, tying this in with the scriptures we're about to read, for us, some of you have come here and you've had tragic or sad and unfortunate things happen. And all of a sudden, you, you don't want to, you're like, I'm not going to talk to that person again. I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going down that road because I've been burned. I've been hurt. I know what's going to happen if I do that. And the Bible's going to tell us we have to be careful from going around and carrying a discouraged attitude. It's easy to allow things in the past, past heartaches and pains, to affect you even today. You walk around and you're very guarded. And the problem with being guarded all the time is you will not be a blessing you will not be an encouragement to other people because there's this sense of distrust. I can't believe what they're saying. I don't want to, I, I never want to let my guard down because I'll get hurt. And the Bible's going to teach us that we can't have that attitude. So turn your Bibles here. Psalm 100, and we're going to read all five verses. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. We're going to talk about this verse. Verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Last verse here, verse 5. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Go back up there and look at verse 3. Look at what verse 3 tells us. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. Scripture is telling you and I that we are being reminded of our place in relation to the Lord. God made us. Did y'all know that? God has created us. It says, it is He that has made us. We aren't an accident. God has brought you here on earth with a purpose of loving and knowing Him. All of us came from a mother. Let me explain why I say that. Sherry, if we're in, if we're in Birmingham, Sherry drags me to movies and I have to watch her movies. I had to watch, Miss, there's this new movie called Mr. Rogers. No, it's called... Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. A beautiful day in the neighborhood. I know y'all have seen it. And it's an intense movie, but it's us borderline by it's a all you can, filled with scripture. You know, Mr. Rogers was a Presbyterian minister. Tom Hanks played it, so it didn't really anyway, but you we were watching that movie. Mr. Rogers was a vegetarian. This guy's asking him, says, Why are you a vegetarian? Why aren't you eating meat? When they went out to lunch, he said, he, and Mr. Rogers says, I could, never, I could never imagine eating something that had a mother. Now think about that. Could you imagine eating something? So all of us here have a mother. Meaning we came from humans that God created us. We trace back our lineage. It goes to Adam and Eve. And then God created Adam and Eve. And our purpose is not to live for ourselves, Broadway Baptist Church. We're His people. God has called us. God is calling us to say, I'm going to be a believer. I'm going to be a person that is going to love the Lord. 
I'm the Lord's. Now look at verse 4 here. So this is what we do. When you, after you realize, okay, God's made me. God's brought me here. I'm His. This is our attitude we are to have. Because when we have this type of attitude, when our mindset's like this, it changes everything about us. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving. Do you know every time you walk into church, every time you come into worship or to Sunday school or to Bible store? Bible study, we should have an attitude, God, this is the time I'm giving you. Lord, now is your time. I'm thankful to be able to come here and enter into His courts with praise. Be thankful under, unto Him and bless His name. It is a blessing to the Lord when we live for Him, when we worship Him, when we praise Him, when we read Scripture to Him, God has created us for the purpose of worshiping, honoring, and blessing the Lord. Now listen, when we take this for granted, when we start taking worship, church, giving, living to be a hundred years old, Lottie Moon, when all this is taken for granted, we change from an attitude of encouragement to an attitude of what's in this for me. We're to bless His name. And if God wants us to bless Him, then He also wants us to be a blessing to others. Here's an example of how we bless other people. Keep your finger here in Psalm 100. Flip over in your Bible, Deuteronomy chapter 6. I want you to look at this. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. This is what the Bible calls the Shema. This is what, actually, uh, I, have a, I have a picture of what it looks like. Do you all have those uh, f- photos there? This here is called a mazula. A mazula, we're about to read in the scripture. If you were Jewish, what you did is you took these verses we're about to read, you wrote them down, and you put them on your door, your doorpost. And it reminded you of what we're about to read about why our life should constantly remember and honor the Lord. If we're an Orthodox Jew, we also have another picture here. I don't know if you can see it, but you see this little thing on top of the man's head. They also put them there. Jewish folks bind these, they're called phylacteries. They're bound to their head. And what's in it is these verses called the Shema, what we're about to read. Because they're taking these verses literally and say, I'm going to bound these words to my head. How dedicated I'm going to be to the Lord. So this is how we're to live. I'm going to tie all this together. Of when, when we realize, listen, where we came from, what God's plan and purpose is for us, and how we're to live at that point. Listen, Broadway, you're able to be a blessing and encouragement to other people. Our greatest enemy... Our greatest challenge that we're going to deal with is an attitude during Christmas, or not just during Christmas, it permeates all throughout your life, all throughout the year. What am I going to get out of this? What will I receive? What's in it for me? And Scripture is going to teach us that it's supposed to be the opposite. Our lives are to be a blessing to the Lord. That's why we worship God. And our lives are also to be a blessing to other people. This Christmas, we want, you want to be looking for ways, instead of saying, what am I going to get? God, how can I be an encouragement to other folks? Alright, look here in your Bible. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul and with all thy mind. So it means all of your being were to love God. Verse 6. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Do you ever know that phrase, right? Asking Jesus into your heart. Literally, we bind the words of the gospel. We bind the Lord into our heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently to thy children. This is why your children should be at church right now. This is why you... You, you point your children to the gospel and to the truth. The Bible tells us to. And shalt talk about them when thou sittest in thine house, 
And when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, meaning all of your life, your life should be talking about and sharing about the Lord. Whatever you're doing, He's part of your daily conversation. Church should not be something about you do on Sunday mornings or maybe Wednesday nights. Verse 8. Now look at this. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy hand. And thou shalt be fauntlets between the eyes. That was that phylactery that you saw that picture of those men having. Literally, they bound it to their head. In verse 9. And thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house. That's a mazula. And on thy gates, literally, you're putting God's word, the reminder that we are to love God with all of our being. Jesus quoted this, Deuteronomy 6.5, as the most important Bible verse. It's the greatest commandment. And if Jesus says it's important, church, it has to be important to us. All of our being, we are to love God. So go back here. Go back to Psalm 100. When we go back to Psalm 100, we're reminded in verse 4, we're told that we are to be folks that are all of a sudden are to come with thanksgiving, praise, thankfulness, and a blessing. And listen, you look at all these words, thanksgiving, praise, thankful, blessing, we're blessing the Lord with this. And listen. If God wants it for him, surely we should be a blessing to other folks. So let's put this in context today. How can I, how can you bless people this December? How can you show words of encouragement? I have up here on the screen, I have three ways how you can encourage someone. Do you want to be an encourager? Number one, show appreciation. We live in a day, and you might know some people, of course it wouldn't be you, but you might know of some people, they, they just take everything for granted. They have an entitled mentality. They've never written a thank you note. They barely, you might get thank you out of it. In fact, Sherry and I have family members. I have to be careful here. She's now downstairs. Every year we buy them a present. I always crack it. I have to be careful, not spiteful when I say this, say, it's been 15 years, still hadn't gotten that thank you note for 15 years. I mean, there's just no appreciation. It's an attitude as, you owe me this. It's Christmas, go shopping for me. Here's what I want. And they, they let us know what the Bible. Even worse, a few years ago, they bought it themselves and gave me the receipt to reimburse them. I know I'm not the only. Y'all have got to have some of these folks in your family too. They're like, why do, I'll just buy what I want. Here's the receipt. As if we just say, write a check. Literally. Christmas Eve, I'm pulling the check. How much? You want, you want tax? <laughs> Guys, that is believers. That is not how we're to live. I mean, that type of attitude is getting worse. And it's an attitude of, you know, I'm entitled, I deserve this, this is what I get, here's my $100 present you owe me, I'll pick it out and you, you take care of the rest. That's not appreciation. I want to tell you, this Christmas season, if you don't, write a thank you note. How encouraging is it to receive, nobody writes notes anymore, no one. When is the last time you wrote a thank you note? Don't raise your hand. When is the last time you received one? Little things like that go a long way. An unexpected thank you note. Chris leads our band. What would it be amazing, Chris, Thursday you check the mail and my goodness, there's a, there's a thank you note to you. Chris, thank you so much for that song you sang. It meant a lot. It touched me. And then you didn't ask them to do anything. There was no strings attached. It's just, I wrote a note of encouragement. That is how you and I, as believers, show appreciation. Listen, God wants us to bless other people. Blessing other people, as many ways, is the unexpected and the unknown. 
when you're not even thinking about it, something, just an encouraging note, an encouraging text comes through. Number two, giving gifts of encouragements. You know, for give gifts of things, and those people might even buy their own things that they want, and you, you know, you pay the bill for it, but we need to learn to give gifts of encouragement. How can you let other people know you're thinking of them? And there's a lot of ways to do this. And what I mean by this is, you know someone that they're just in need of help this Christmas. They've lost a spouse. They've lost a father. They've lost their mother this past year. And this is their first Christmas. This is going to be a hard year for them. A hard month. And you can go there, and if you're going to give them a gift, give them something that will encourage them. One of the things that means so much to us is when people take the time to do something and encourage you, encourage me, and it was not just unexpected, but there was thoughtfulness and work behind it. You know, illustrating this, you know, it's Christmas season, and it's very tempting that all of a sudden we find ourselves to get in the habit of just, I'm going to buy this and just wrap it up and just go through the motions. Is there things you can do that are unique, that are different, that will be an encouragement to someone that really is not expecting it? A way this happened, this morning at the early service, and we're getting more of these for you because we, we ran out. The lady we honored, Miss Catherine Mason, she's 100 years old. And she told me, she says, Daniel, I'm 100, today's my birthday, I don't need anything. So do you know what she did? She made every lady in this church a little uh, dish, dish, like a washcloth dish rag. And she gave them out. She made 100 of them for age, and we ran out. But she's going to go make some more. Now, what's interesting about that is it's her birthday, and you're going to get them soon. She says she'll make them. She gave us a gift for her birthday. Like, do you see? It was backwards. Something that we're expecting, she might think it's my birthday, here's what I'm going to get. It's my birthday, and I'm going to give you, I'm going to be a blessing to you. That was encouraging. It was so encouraging, we didn't have enough of them. This, this month, Christ wants you to say, if you're going to give gifts, give something that's not expected. Give something that will bless someone else. Thirdly and finally, we see here how we're to encourage someone is we need to be motivating folks, someone who's struggling. There's a lot of people struggling. And what I mean struggling is, many folks wrestle during the Christmas season with loneliness. They wrestle with loss of their family because their families may be gone. Or they know family members that aren't celebrating the birth of Christ right now. Why? Because they're not believers. Christ is asking you and I, how can we motivate and show appreciation and give to someone who needs it the most? This Christmas, you look at that little hand out there. Who needs encouragement? You think about this. Who is in desperate need of a touch from the Lord? God wants you and I to have this attitude. Going back to verse 4. There on Psalm 100. You look at this. Because this is what happens. Thanksgiving, praise, thankfulness, and blessing. When you think of Christmas, is this what you're doing to other people? Do your children think and grandchildren think that way. What is Christmas about? The greatest gift ever, God sent His Son into the world, ultimately so you and I can be saved. The greatest gift is eternal life. And it started in a manger. 
this Christmas, I want you to think about it. We're about to close. How can I be an encouragement? How can I bless other people? How can I use the tools and the resources and the abilities that I have to help someone else? Even if it's just going and changing light bulbs, fixing their internet, which we need right now, uh, cutting their grass, any possible way to be a blessing to someone else. Jesus Christ is looking at his people and say, what are you going to do? This Christmas, I'm asking you to use the spiritual gift of encouragement. God encourages us. God blesses us. Church, we're to do the same. Jesus, I thank you for your word. I pray this invitation. We will not let it pass without seeing the importance of using our gifts, using our resources, using our time, using all we have, all of our abilities to be a blessing to someone else. Jesus, I pray this morning, if there's anybody here, they're in need of prayer, they're in need of touch from you. Lord, I just pray that we will be a, a, we will be a body that responds to that. Lord, we pray, today's our week of prayer for the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. God, I pray for the missionaries that serve Southern Baptist missions all around the world. We pray for the family who came out of our church, who are the Mars family, who are right now in Panama. I pray you'll bless them. Help them, give them the boldness this Christmas to share the gospel. Lord, I pray this invitation. We will not let it pass without responding to you. Lord, raise up a church of encouragers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jesus Christ asks us to make him the Lord.